the blast from our past network. Welcome to a Patreon-exclusive episode of Podcasting After Dark, an elite installment for our Patreon supporters. Lock your doors, close your windows, seal your fate, sit back, relax, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special Halloween edition of Wrap Up After Dark. Ooh, spooky. And, uh, and And thank you, first off, to, to all the patrons that support our show. Uh, this episode, though, is going to be on our free feed because we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. But if you would like to listen to all the other Wrap Up After Darks that we have, which are over three years worth, uh, at this point, you can go to our page, our Patreon page, and that's patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. Woohoo! But... This week, this month, I should say, we have a special guest with us. Is he special? He's been on the show like 20 times at this point. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's, special. Special. he's special to us, damn it. <laughs> That's <laughs> our pal, David Irons. What's up, my man? Hey, Woo! guys, thank you for having me back. It's great. Oh my God. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. You know that. And, and we've got video this time. Not that anyone can see it on a podcast, but we can see each other. It's something that Zach and I have been uh, uh, wanting for, for a while, because every time we've ever talked, We've never been able to see you. And then we started working on a little bit of a, of a, of a theory, a fan theory going on that you might have been catfishing us. But uh, here we are. Here you are. <laughs> large and in large and in beautiful color. <laughs> Perfect. In, in, in Italian um, color. Here I am in, in with the backdrop with the neon signs. <laughs> That's the, the, right. The color, the right. color like reminds a... me a lot of your, uh, your, your, your upcoming book. <clears throat> oh, Ooh, oh, nice oh, it's like <laughs> is on point. It's yeah. actually like we have a we have a schedule here. We have a time schedule to keep. I'm moving forward, guys. <laughs> Am I the only fucking professional around here? <laughs> <laughs> Look so, at these guys. They're a bunch of schmucks, you know. I love that line so, from Reservoir Dogs. Oh, I, I, oh, God, I love that movie. Uh, that, that was one of my that was one of my first like favorite movies as a, as a kid. Me or too. Sort of say in high school and uh, man, oh, man. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a story for another day. But I do want to say right at the top of this episode that we are going to be reviewing Halloween Kills, uh, but we are going to do it at the last half of the episode. We are going to give enough heads up warning, yada, yada, yada. So if you haven't seen it, we are going to go full fucking spoilers so but all three of us have watched it we all have thoughts i have a whole batch of notes over here so we're gonna we're gonna dive into it but before we do let's talk about some seven winners alone like uh like zach said let's talk about it let's, no, let's talk it. about it david let's talk about you, have it. A new, you have a new novel coming out we have a new novel we have a new we have a new novel you wrote it but we're publishing you're it. publishing it exactly and suspiria land is doing the artwork Yes. Yeah. Oh man, I love that cover by Suspiria Land. Uh, we've been huge supporters her on the podcast almost since day one. Uh, I think she she does she was a tattoo artist or still is a tattoo artist, and then I think COVID kind of shut down her her tattoo studio. I think she actually like it was her studio, and then she kind of just transitioned into like let me just start doing artwork, and then you know getting commissions, and I and now she's 
She's blowing up and I'm so happy for her because her artwork is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we, we used her for the Seven Winters Alone cover, but you also used her for the Don't Go to Wheelchair Camp cover as well. And I believe uh, another one that has oh, yeah, not been grave, out. Oh, no, I oh, used Graveyard Billy. Billy as well. Yeah, right. I did a second cover for that. And That's then right. I'm using her. I've got two other books coming out next year and she's doing the artwork for those. So yeah, I've used quite a bit for things, and she's for an artist to do, um, work with. She's so super easy. So just backwards and forwards, and she gets it. I can say like like with this, I want Italian Suspiria kind of lighting on something. She's like, okay, pinks and red. Yeah, that's it, perfect. <laughs> yeah. And it just happens. It's a very easy transaction trying to create a cover with her. It really is. Can I just back up for one quick moment, really quick, and say, you said, oh, she worked on this book that I wrote in this book that I wrote. And I've got another two more books coming out. Um, for those of you that don't know about David Irons, the man is a maniac writer. Like uh, I, 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 yeah. I write notes for my son every day and that's hard. My hand cramps up. So I can only imagine what it, what it means to write several several double digit novels you're in the double digits now aren't you with all your books i mean i think out there published at the moment is 11 books i think wow. it's 11 um wow. wow i think when i think when seven winters comes out it's 11 and then next year there's definitely three more coming out next year and potentially something i've got there's something going on at the moment and if it happens there will be another one out this year in december so yeah it's it's just it's just a skill i have i'm very very quick at writing i'm very just on it with that it's just something it, 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 everyone thinks oh this guy's just appeared out of nowhere and he's just banging out books left right and center but it's years of getting to where yes. i am now so i can do that yeah yeah it was it was Seven Winters Alone came about probably about the idea. It must have been about 10 years ago. Wow. It did. And, and, and how it came around. The, the, the idea that you had to, to make a movie, to make something better than Night of the Comet. It was that your idea because you succeeded. <laughs> that sounds such a snide, it sounds like such a snide thing to say to make something better than Night of the Comet. But that the idea did kind of come from seeing Night of the Comet in the theater and being completely not happy with the ending. Um, you can yeah. see it's just you can feel it's rushed and oh, it could have been so much more. But that idea always stuck in my mind. And I knew I wanted to transition from film into writing books. And around that time, it was, it was a really weird meeting. A guy got in contact with me. He used to have a band called Seize the Day. Uh, and he had a song called No Apologies. And it was like 90s uh, kind of electro metal. And he, he saw, because I made a really low budget feature and he saw the low budget feature and contacted me and said, I want a music video. And I was like, okay, brilliant. Let's meet up. And we, we, and we went into London to meet up. And when we got there, we found out we lived like literally 10 minutes down the road from one another. We oh, were wow. like neighbours for years and we never even knew. It was just the biggest nice. waste of time doing this 25-mile travel into London to go, oh, I live there. Oh, I live there. Oh, what are we doing here? <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so, so we started talking and he, we met, our, our ideas met on because he did very 90s sound of music the thing the films that we loved the most from the 90s was terminator 2 and richard stanley's hardware mm. and then we started <laughs> we started formulating uh, this kind of idea about oh, what about if you had like the dystopian future of hardware with a scavenger going around and they find a ouija board and then somehow they uh bring this manifestation 
to life through a Ouija board and they're haunted by something, but there's no one else in the world. There's nowhere you can run. There's nowhere you can hide. You're literally haunted 24 seven and you have to try and escape this thing. And we made the music video and I overshot the music video and was just doing extra long takes and doing more takes. And I knew in my head, we're not gonna use all this stuff, but we can, I can use this stuff for something. So we put the music video out and he put the album out and that did really well. And I said to him, we've got enough stuff here that I can cut a short film out. Should we do a short film as well to help promote the music video and the album? And he agreed to that. Uh, I should say the guy's, the guy's name is James Marinos. He's, 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 uh, if you check him out on Instagram, and his band Seize the Day, and he's got some other bands going on, but he's a good guy. And we worked quite close on this thing. So I turned it into a short film. And then with the short film, it was, that, it was a weird transition period where I wanted to write books, but the film stuff was still going on. And I still loved doing the film stuff. I knew I'd, it, I just felt my heart, this wasn't the thing I'm going to do for a living for the rest of my life. It was something that I can do and I will do, but I need something else as well. And we, I took the short film and someone said to me, oh, there's a, a, a film competition. Um, uh, it was uh, uh, run by David Lynch. And the top prize was you get to go to Kansas for a year and study with David Lynch uh um at his film school so i sent the film off to the competition didn't think anything of it and carried on with life and then i got a reply saying okay you're, you we've reviewed the film they they and it was so weird it was like david's reviewed the film okay he likes it okay okay we've, we've narrowed it down to 10 films and top 10 okay that's great I was carrying on with life, ignoring this stuff. I would get wow. a phone call. Okay, David's gone through and narrowed the films down again. It, he's got down to seven films. Your film's in the seven. Okay. Got down to five. Okay, you're in the five. Okay, carried on. And I'm just going along with life as normal. And I got offered yeah. a job to uh, work in Sweden, making a film. Um, it, it wasn't making a film. That sounds really good. It was promoting a hot tap. But it was really well paid going to Sweden to promote a hot tap. And I was like, okay, this sounds really good because they what, want to pay me money. What's a hot tap? It's an American company called Insincorator. I don't know if you've ever heard. Like, it's, it's, they're American. And the hot tap is like, you, you can make tea or coffee from uh, the tap. You turn oh, the tap yeah. on and it's Oh, so it's exactly water. what it sounds like it is. <laughs> it's a hot tap. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a hot You're tap. You're like, I don't yeah, know how to explain it any tap. more than it is what it is. It's it is tap. what it is, yeah. It's a hot tap. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so basically... Meanwhile, Corey's like, is this a hot tap? Like, you're going to get a hot tap? Mm? <laughs> tap, tap that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sleazy seaside creeping yeah. into the conversation. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm the yeah. one that thought of it, but <laughs> still, it's still sleazy. <laughs> of course. I'm your mouthpiece. Blame Corey. Blame Corey. Blame Corey. Oh, you're my mouthpiece, Corey. You are my mouthpiece. <laughs> 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 so sorry to derail no, no, your story, fine. David. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. So um that's fine. That's fine. So they so they um this hot tap thing turned up and it's like you can go to Sweden for a year and feel so bizarre filming a hot tap and promoting a hot tap. Cool. Yeah, okay. And it was it was a good job. Yeah, it was a good job. And then the David Lynch thing came back again and i said yes to this job because i thought okay this is you know if whatever happens happens with the david lynch thing yeah and then they phoned back and said okay top three films you're not in the top three films i thought okay well i've made my decision i can go and work in sweden it's fine so i went to do the sweden thing and it came around a week before that and then i get another phone call from the david lynch thing we've made a big mistake mm. oh 
okay. Basically, at the time, David Lynch was kind. Did you ever see the Lost Pieces of Twin Peaks? They they recut the deleted scenes and made like a new film oh. out of all the. Did you ever Familiar, see Firewalk with Me? It was just good. Yeah, they they basically they took all the deleted scenes from Firewalk with Me and made like a new Twin Peaks film yeah. with them. And he was doing that at the time, and there was miscommunication between them. They told me I wasn't in this thing, and they told me to say you was going to win it. Oops. Like what? So what a difference! You 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 you're not in the top three. Oh wait, our mistake. You were actually Honestly. the grand prize winner. Yeah, that uh, yeah. Uh, and so I had to make that decision where if I was going to do the David Lynch thing, it was going to be paid for to uh, to go to the film school, to Kansas, and then try and find a job, try and find an apartment, try and find money. It was it was a, a yeah. big decision. So it was either going go, it was either going back to be a student again to study with David Lynch or do something where at the end of it I would have more money. I'd have money. It was a job. It was a good job. But so I made the decision to go with the job. Um, and everyone was like, "You're insane. You should do the David Lynch thing." And but after you've been a student for X amount of years. And then you think, well, I'm just going to go back to being a student again. And now everything I've kind of made for myself in life, I'm going to have to stop doing and then yeah. start again after. I mean, there was no guarantee with it. And, and yeah. also, you know, no offense to people living in Kansas. Like, you're going to have to start <laughs> over in fucking Kansas. Kansas. Oh, and, no. and trust me, they ain't fucking not much out in Kansas. So, again, exactly. apologies yeah. to people in Kansas. Well, I'm I just going to say, like, if you say Kansas, babe, or a Swedish, babe, which one sounds better <laughs> you know it's it's i mean we all grew up in the 80s we know which one's the correct Swedish answer there. we know yeah we know the correct answer to this and, and, so, and also so, david uh, lynch would have been like hey david um, <clears throat> um we share the same name so uh why don't you come sit over here um you're gonna fluff my hair every scene that i do okay i'm gonna fluff my hair david while, while like tantric david, this is david yeah we're, we're gonna meditate now this yeah. is the time when we meditate and don't talk about doom. I don't like talking about doom. <laughs> I don't no. want to talk about doom. I don't care. <laughs> you like my hair? You like it? Fluff he, it. He, he does have awesome hair, not going to lie. He does. He does. I love yeah, his hair. He does. I, I, and that, that was a, that was a uh, homage, not a parody. <clears throat> <laughs> in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> in case anybody had any questions there. Zach really does he really make fun of people? No, I'm doing an homage. It's all homages. <laughs> I love it. So that's, that's that's what happened. And so I had the, I had the choice. I had the choice of of those two things, and I decided. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was a kind of point in my life. I was like, it felt like there was a crossroads. What what am I going to pick uh, out of these two things? And like I said, I just didn't want to go back to being a student and being in Kansas again. It just didn't sound appealing. Hey, yeah. And yeah. And so I did the Sweden thing. And then during that time, I started writing. I started writing The Seven Winters Thing. And like I said, the original film was very, it looked like a 90s thing because that was the music video behind it. It, it, uh, it, it the music like for the music video. So it looked like a 90s thing. It felt like a 90s thing. And then when I started thinking, you know, if I if the world ended and I was stuck on mine, which decade would I be in? The eighties, of course. It's it's perfect. Everything was it'd, it'd be it'd be great. And I started thinking about Night of the Comet, and then other ideas just started bolting on to this idea about a girl stuck in the future, haunted by you know by by some supernatural presence. And then over the year, I think once a year, I did another draft and another draft, and more things started adding to this story. Um, until it is what it is and it is uh literally 
Mad Max meets Poltergeist, a, a girl yeah. stranded on her own in the future, haunted by a supernatural presence. Yeah. And I took the original, you know, like the Harlan Ellison story in the film, like a boy and his dog. I was like, right, let's just flick this immediately. And it's about a girl and a cat surviving yes. with a supernatural creature after them with no one around that can help. What would um, you do? Where would you hide? Where would you hide? If you wanted for seven winters alone. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human, something always watching, something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone? Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone. A dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook. Zach, I've heard you say that so many times. I was kind of trailer. I know. Sorry, I watched it <laughs> for right. those wondering <laughs> behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Yeah. No, right. Well, this this is perfect. That's what wrap up is for. So, Zach, you're doing the the voiceover for the for our audio trailers and whatnot, right? Yeah. And if I ever get around to doing an audio book for David, I will do this one. So, <laughs> Zach, you have to do it. You, we, that is something we need to discuss in the future. Definitely. We do. We, we do and we, we really will. do genuinely yeah well, we yeah. do but in the time well, the being one... swedish babes <laughs> swedish <laughs> exactly. well the one thing one of the things that i thought was really cool in the book um is this this idea that there's this like pink cloud and everything and uh you know this electrical storm cloud that's like this real neon pink and mm. you know i like that that choice in color obviously i'm looking at the the back of your your head you know you have kind of like your whole room is sort of bathed in that color but you know we just you know we just reviewed one dark night and that has like some some pinkish purple elements color wise as well uh with raymar and all this kind of stuff and i realized that like this it's such a cool color because it just doesn't exist much in in the world you know you can immediately sort of tell that it's something that stands out and it kind of natural is it there's nothing natural about that color like even if you saw neon things in that's neon green but neon pink is something it feels otherworldly and i I, I wanted to, this is what I wanted to do with the book. So like, you know, life is normal for this girl. Then, you know, I wanted her to see some kind of anomaly, but th- she couldn't explain. I thought if you looked up to the sky and saw huge pink clouds rolling over with blue lightning coming from them, it it feels quite oppressive. And it, like you say, it clicks into one dark night. And also, do you remember in Poltergeist 2, the other side, when they yeah. go to the other side, it was pink. It was, yeah. it was yes. like this pink. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of clicked into that. And even Ghostbusters, like I love Ghostbusters, like what we spoke about before when the, the firehouse goes up and you see all those pink supernatural. Sp- it's, it, it, it instantly shows you something that's not natural. Yeah. Like having something that color in in the, the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's really sorely missing from things. Just like that, that thought behind what's an unearthly color. Or what's an unearthly yeah. look for something and adding it to a story or a film. And and of course it's just one piece of the of the puzzle of the quilt. Uh, that is Seven Winters Alone that kind of adds to a whole, you know, uh, feeling and vibe. The book has a very like eerie vibe to it. I think yeah. it captures 
what you know what night of the comet wanted to capture um you know you guys have listened to our review of night of the comet you know where we stand on it. it's a fun movie we like the people in it but it's not the best movie out there and has lots of room for improvement i think um but i do think that that your book captures what that was trying to capture and maybe it's because you know we have more time we get to spend more time with mm-hmm. Catherine, the main the lead character in the book you know for much longer than we do in night of the comet but it's it you were able to capture the essence the feeling the vibe so well of just feeling you know not claustrophobic just the it's opposite the isolation is isolation, isolation and yeah. alone yeah yeah and, 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 it, the, and the paranoia of you know it, you can all think in that dawn of the dead uh night of the comet kind of way where oh yeah i could go to the shopping mall and i could go and own everything and 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 but you're going to be doing that alone yeah and if you're walking around that shopping mall you know every corner every shadow every mannequin every everything in there it could be a potential danger it could potentially be anything hanging around you don't know you're the last person there yeah who says you you only know that as your lived experience for the you know x amount of days you haven't seen a person so if you're walking around there is a constant feeling of paranoia that something could be there or something is going on and that's why with the book i tried to drill into that how you would actually feel i mean it, it glamorizes it in dawn of the dead and night of the comet like oh it's great you, you know the malls are open you can go anywhere you can do anything but with this it's yeah the malls are open but there's no one there but is and, there anyone there maybe there isn't maybe there and, is af- there. and after maybe a while there's... it kind of gets old being able to do yeah. whatever you want and eating chocolate cereal for as long as you want you know kind of, all that kind of stuff at first seems really cool to a young person. And then after a while, they're like, oh, well, this is this is it. Well, you this never is... you, you can never really grow up, can you? Because yeah. like, Catherine's 18. And she's stuck on her own in this place. And, you know, you, you kind of grow with the world around you. And if the world isn't growing, it's stagnant. You actually growing. Yeah, yeah. You're not growing and, with the world. Yeah. And there, there, there was a lot of questions that come up in this. And, and, you know, I could have wrote this thing like a really heavy kind of character study. But I've kind of added the character study thing to essentially the best way to describe it is a dystopian haunted house film. Yeah, uh, the film, book, story. It should be a film. When I when I write these things, I think of of it as it, as films. I see the images of films and just write down the images scene by scene. That is how I write a book. Well, say say it with me. Say it with me. It will be a film. It will be a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to tell you too, really quick. I, you you're talking about being alone at night, alone. Um, I was would used to work out at the gym by my house, uh, ride my bike down there, and uh, one night I decided to walk. And and this was like ten o'clock at night. Santa Monica was pretty dead, and I called my now wife on the phone. And out of nowhere, someone hits me in the back with a shovel. Out of nowhere. Fortunately, I had a backpack on, and so it hit the backpack. And I turned around and there was a dude standing there with a shovel and I just ran off. You know, I didn't want to, Kristen's like, did you talk to him? Like, no, (laughs) and you'd be engaged. (laughs) So I'm on the phone. Like I just got hit by a guy with a shovel. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And then I've walked on down, turned left on fourth street for those of that know on fourth street in Santa Monica. And uh, there's a garage there. And then piss comes over the side and almost hits me in the same night. So I'm just saying, walking alone at night, odd things can happen. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a story. Jesus Christ. <laughs> my trauma, my trauma doesn't end at my childhood, by the way. So no, no, that it, is, it doesn't. Zach, that is crazy stuff. That yeah. is absolutely insane. <laughs> that... what, what did you say to the guy? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what, what, what do you say to a guy with a shovel in his hand? Trying to I just turned around and the guy had a shovel. He didn't say anything. He just looked at me maniacally and I just took off. Yeah, you don't fuck. You don't want to fuck with a guy with a shovel at that point. Jesus nope. Christ! That's, that's the thing. There, there is a weird thing. I remember because I used to live out in the country years ago, and I'm, I'm talking about ten miles away from anywhere. And I had to, if 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 I wanted to see friends, I could get a bus to see them. But if I missed the last bus, I was walking that ten miles home. And yeah. so I was always walking that ten miles home because you're with friends. You're staying there late at night, and it's like, okay, well, we're all going home now. He's walking home ten minutes that way. He's walking ten minutes that way. I'm walking four hours that way. And, <laughs> and and the easiest way to get to the house where I used to live was walking through the woods. And so I'd end up walking through the woods at like two, three in the morning, in the middle of nowhere, like English countryside, nothing around. And you become comfortable with doing this after a few times okay yeah no i'm gonna go for that i'm not there's not there's you know before cell phones before we had a camera or a torch on the cell phones you're walking through pitch black but you're comfortable because you've done it a few times okay, yeah. i don't know where i'm going i don't need to go there walking by moonlight and then one night walking through these woods i was just walking along and all of a sudden you could hear and feel the presence of someone just walking past the other way and that moment of knowing there was someone else there just turned the entire world. The entire world changed <laughs> because you, that confidence of, well, I yeah, know where I'm going and I know I'm going to be the only person here. Well, you're not the only person there because there's something or someone else. I have no idea who it was. I have no okay. idea what it was. It was just footsteps and someone walked past. And Jesus. You couldn't see them. Like, the, the, couldn't yeah, see it was too thing. dark. It was like two people walking past each other in the dark. Two, two ships um, going, yeah, p- passing each other in the night, essentially. Yeah, in the middle of the woods at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. like, like yeah. there's like nothing out here. Like, you, you're not coming from your house. Wow, that's that's yeah, freaky. But, but I think equally, I think the other person must have been thinking, who the fuck is this maniac out here? Yeah, yeah. yeah I you think were... there was this equal feeling of, oh, oh, yeah, I'm not fucking around with this guy. Like, well, let's just keep walking. Right, and, if, and of course, it just goes to show, like, you're, you're the antagonist of their story, you know? Like, you're the monster, yeah. probably, of their story that they're telling to their friends right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. This is it. And then that, they, these kind of elements go into this book of, like I said, yeah. like, the paranoia of being on your own. And, you know, potentially there being something around with you. And, and, and like what you're saying, I, 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 years ago, it's, it's when the mind starts playing tricks when yeah. you're on your own. And I had a job. Uh, someone said, oh, yeah, I've got a, a hairdresser's. Uh, do you want to, but it needs repainting. Can you paint the hairdressers for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And they said, just do it at night when there's no one there. Just pack up in the morning so we can carry on with business. So I was like, not a problem. So I went there and they said, the basement needs painting as well. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I went down in the basement, basement and they literally had a wall of mannequin heads in this <laughs> basement. Uh, and because the hairdressers, they've got wigs and they've got stuff Yeah, in that there. makes sense. And, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But being... And you think in day, uh, you know, during the day when there's people around, you walk down, you wouldn't have batted an eyelid twice at the fact that there's mannequin heads down there. But at night, on your own, and you could turn around and there'd just be a wall of faces with unblinking eyes just beaming down on you. It's it's not a good feeling. And and that's what I've tried to do with this book, to have all those creepy uh, experiences and feelings when you're on your own and inject them into, well, imagine you could never escape that. That's always around you. You're always alone at all times. 
but yeah. but you know again no spoilers there's still a lot of action to be had in oh, the yeah, book completely. um it, yeah. it it definitely has a has a giant crescendo sort of at the end and everything it, it definitely mm. builds up and again i'm not gonna you know give anything away but mm. you know for a story about you know a girl and her cat uh being sort of terrorized by an entity that's unseen there's a lot of physical action in the book and it's a very fast-paced book and and mm. really just a lot of fun to read and go through it's it's almost like a i would say it's almost equal parts action as it is you know horror and suspense well yeah it had to be i mean like i said i've wrote this thing for 10 years like a draft a year for for a very long time wow and it's from those early drafts like the early drafts were very psychological and very different and then it was kind of reintroducing myself to film and what i like in filmmaking because i'd stepped away from the things i really fucking a year's worth of promo for a hot tap do you know what I, mean? I just lo i lost my love for film in a way and it was going back into film again and thinking yeah I, I really like action films i really like horror films i really like things that get physical and down and dirty and i can inject this into this script and really bump it up into, into this story and really and really bump it up and 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 you know i've got the 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 the, the poltergeist part of it now let's add the mad max part of it let's have this and and we can say this without dropping any spoilers in, like her her fears. There's there's something in there that makes her fears become reality. So the thing she fears the most become physical manifestations. So it's literally a world haunted by her own worst nightmares, and she has to fight these things. And like how how would any of us in that situation fight these things? You're going to get some weapons. You're going to hold up, and you're going to fight back. And, and it takes it from the psychological into, into, into the physical that way. So it's, it's equal parts, yeah. It is a kind of a psychological horror, but it, and, it, and, it, and it does go into a full-on action, exploitation, uh, movie-style violence and, and, and terror as well. Yeah. And yeah. when, um, can people pre-order the book now? People can't, uh, well, it depends when this comes out. Hopefully it will be going live. Uh, it should be live. Uh, by the time this is out so we can probably drip, drop a, a link in the um uh, show descriptions and stuff you know yeah yeah moving yeah. moving forward um this episode should be out on on halloween uh in theory we we think it should be live by then so if you're listening to this uh check the show notes uh there will be a link in there if not it will be soon and i'll go in and like add it and then moving forward pretty much every episode of our show will have it in the show notes there too so yeah because this is our this is our first time kind of doing something more than a podcast it's producing and and um hopefully much more to come but it's very exciting because we're mm -hmm. working with a friend and really yeah. feeling good about the project it's not just like hey you guys want to do this thing we're like yeah this is like yeah let's do it yeah. yeah we've been this has been something we've been kind of like working on for about a year now uh yeah. Yeah. back and forth it is. yeah definitely you know, talking and you know figuring things out working on you know the story proofing it stuff like that and then you know now lately it's been checking copies of the books i mean there's a a whole batch of things going on behind the scenes that you know you all haven't really seen uh because you know we're gonna announce everything kind of when it's when it's live and ready to go but yeah it's been We've been working on this and obviously Dave
David's been working on this like like yeah. crazy. So we're we're hoping that this partnership, uh, you know, is, is mutually beneficial. You know, we hope that we can and boost the signal of of David Irons's brand, a brand that we obviously very much respect and love ourselves. And I think everybody on this, everyone who listens to this show, all of our you know, Lee, Crystal, everybody, you all know that, that we don't blow smoke up people's butts. We, we, we work with the people we like. We, we promote the things that, that we respect and that we actually personally like. And I personally like David and I personally like oh, seven winters like alone. So, yeah. <laughs> and even if, uh, and I know Zach feels the same way. And, uh, even if we weren't, even if this wasn't our, our name on it, you know, with his, uh, uh, we would still be promoting it with them as well. Like with the wheelchair camp and everything. So, <laughs> well, and I was going to add too that. Yeah, we, we, um, you know, we're doing this because we love it. It's not, it's, it's not a money grab or anything like that. It's simply because we believe in the project and, and know that it's going to be something that uh, we, you know, obviously the movies we choose for podcasting after dark have a meaning to us. Uh, and, and un- unless it's a Patreon subscriber who chooses the movies like crystal but so far crystal's batting a thousand with her picks for patreon so if no, you want to choose no, a movie uh... for patreon go to the highest tier it's totally worth it right crystal <laughs> wink wink um but i but i just want to say that that this is a project we are 100 behind we're committed to and we hope you guys will uh consider getting it because it's going to be totally worth it and uh if you love horror supernatural i mean mad max meets poltergeist is a that basically covers the entire audience of pad so there you go yeah yeah exactly it's like i was saying like when you guys when i was writing this thing and it was trying to you know it turned into going back to i want to inject the things i love into this listening to you guys every week talk about these films really sparked with me yeah this is what i love this is this is the thing that this book needs it needs my love of the genre to be injected into it and you guys gave me that you really did just like listening to the show before you know even before we were, we were talking and we were pals it was just listening to you talk about this stuff and for the genre of exploitation and horror and action and this book wouldn't be what it is now without pad without you guys doing what you do and i genuinely mean that and it's mutually beneficial because our you know offline conversations our friendship has you know also influenced uh, the direction of the show and everything and totally. movies that that we kind of get interested in and it, it's it's you know it's it's awesome I I love this kind of connective tissue that we have with our friends and everything and the, the, the awesome people that we've met through this show you know we we this we we you and I met you know David we met through this you know yeah. Crystal we met through this you know Lee we met through this and these are all people that like you know I love talking to I and, and Donna Donna the Dead we 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 met through this this as well and like i these are all people i love talking to on like instagram and everything and like people that i actually don't forget suspiria don't forget suspiria. i love suspiria like, i mean <laughs> I, I mean at this point there's there's so many people out there that i really enjoy talking to on a day-to-day mm. basis whether it's through dms or or you know comments or whatever it's it, it it has heightened my my love for this genre it's heightened my love for social media it's heightened my love for the human race you know what i mean to, to have this kind of like connection and we never I never would have had all these friends with without the show. So that's more than anything the what I'm happy about. I'm also happy because like uh, uh, you know Zach and I have never been more connected uh, than we have been through this show. Even though we've never also in the ten year of our friendship lived further apart. You know, like meaning yes. like we lived closer and didn't hang out as much as now we actually do on the show. So you know, I, I anyways, I, I love I love having a platform 
to connect with new people, a uh, platform to connect with my friends, uh, and a platform to kind of give people some uh, a place to, you know, hang out and do stuff and, and engage and interact like Diallo on TV Obscura and stuff like that. So that's all of this is my dreams are coming true with all of this. So thank you. Thank you both for, for making that a possibility. Oh, well, really I, I must say, I must like say that the feeling is totally mutual and a lot of love, a lot of love, but um, I, I just wanted to piggyback into seven winters alone really quick by teasing my next pick for podcasting after dark was slightly influenced by seven winters alone a movie that i know Corey has not seen i'm wondering if david i don't think you this had any influence on you but well, well guys and gals should we do a first wow, right now? Should, this. This should we bright. Should we open it on air and maybe, maybe I can cut and isolate the, the, you know, the audio, but we won't have this. We won't have a, um, a video for it. Like I normally do, but maybe, maybe we open it now. We I, think should, this is, I love this. this is okay. Great. I, 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 I need to know now. I need to know. Zach is, this is the correct one, right? Zach. Yeah. It, the, uh, for those that can't see, which is everybody, <laughs> it says open now, November pick. Um, and it has a, a Mondo video in Texas uh, did Alamo Drafthouse did a fundraiser, fundraiser when COVID first started and they were selling vintage um, newspaper clippings as, as like uh, they put it into wrapping paper. So Corey's got the vintage Mondo wrapping paper. You've always given paper. me so such awesome wrapping paper. I always feel bad about opening it, especially the He-Man one that I've been sitting on for two years now. <laughs> I know that. I know what that one is, and I'm like, you can sit on it longer. It's yeah, yeah, it just keeps it on it. I'm like, that. Ah. All right, guys and gals. So Zach, I'm going to open it, and then when I hold it up, I'll have you take a screen cap of it, so we can at least use that. Okay, um, we'll, we'll show the November pick, and then I'll take a screenshot of that. Okay, okay. so so, so yeah, it takes. November pick screenshot of that. All okay. right. So David, we're going to, this is a first, we're going to do it do on this. air. This is this, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. This is Zach's next pick. So my last one was night of the living dead, the 1990 remake. This is Zach's next pick. You're going to kind of hear it a little bit early. Cause you're going to, we're going to have a watch list in between basically in between this and that, that review, but here you go. Yes. All right. Bada bing, bada boom. And Zach just sent me to this to me. So I know it was something he just got recently or something like that. It was, it right, was a discussion that sparked. And then I was like, oh, I, I'm ready to pull the trigger. Ready to pull wanna, the trigger. I don't want to oh, say. Oh, man. It is. It is session, session nine. nine. A, a movie that I have a weird history with um, only because it was on uh, <laughs> when I worked at a video store. Uh, it was like the, the owner was always trying to like make the regular video part big and like like you know something to be proud of but let's all be honest people only ever came there for the porn right so he one time bought like a bunch of session nines and like like talking about like 20 copies just collecting dust and unfortunately i use that as my barometer of whether or not i should see this movie or not fast forward like 20 fucking years no one mentions this movie at all and then zach i think starting around king of new york uh zach started singing the praises of this because uh david caruso's in it yep. and i'm like 
Session Nine, that movie that fucking was collecting dust. But again, it was collecting dust at a porn store, not at a actual, you know, video <laughs> store. So I've been kind of building up, like wanting to fucking watch this. And I'm like, like, should I? And I think I asked, I was like, should I watch this soon? Is it a Chris? There's a Halloween movie. And he's like, eh, just kind of wait. Just, just wait and see what happens. And I was like, okay. Because Zach knows that if I haven't seen it, I do want to wait if it's going to pop up on the on the show. So guys, I am fucking excited to watch session nine. And I know, uh, by the way, Lee, Lee Germani was, was, uh, DMing me. He was telling me, uh, I need to watch it. He might've been a little, uh, he might, might know a little bit of something about this. I, I don't know. Yeah. Lee Germani has become a good friend of the show and, uh, and, and, and he didn't have any influence on this because okay. I think it was, but, but probably in the embers and the universe or whatever. And, uh, in, in, in the Akashic records, he, he kind of Akashic records. It. Yeah. I might talk to my wife about that. Cause she could probably read them for us. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it just, this little tease that I, I was like, well, I want to do something modern uh, that can, I, in my opinion, still sends a chill up my spine. So um, unlike Halloween kills, <clears throat> I saw somebody, <laughs> I saw somebody else who were like, I don't know if it was you or somebody, but they were like, anytime someone asks, uh, and it could have been one of you two, but it was like, anytime someone asks me to, to give them like an actual scary fucking movie, like recommend an actual movie that's actually scary. They act, they, it's session nine is what that person recommends. It well, could have been one of you two made that comment. I can't remember. Because this is coinciding with Halloween and you're going to drop it on, on Halloween. Um, so the Arrow does a horror fest every year and they show, you know, seven movies or whatever. And this was the same, they, they had it the same weekend that my wife was going out of town for a retreat. So uh, I was like, well, then I'm going to do my own horror fest here at the house. So I had um, uh, Dustin from $2 Late Fee come over with his wife and we carved, pumpkin, carved pumpkins and then we watched session nine and uh I'm like, I might as well put a pad thing in there so I can get one viewing under my belt without, you know, before I break it down. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, that and Halloween kills. Well, I will say that um, session nine won the night uh, for, for us. And uh, it, it just, just at one point, Dustin's like, oh God, he just out loud, just had to get a guttural. Oh, Whoa. so uh, yeah. Anyways, I hope you enjoy it. We shall see. And the only I mean, reason I, I kind that. of, go ahead. No, no, I have a very Corey kind of experience with him. I've never actually seen the thing, but I've seen a thousand copies. See, this is the problem. Honestly, Zach, seriously, the, the, I remember going into blockbusters. You, I don't know if you had them in, in the States, but we used to have bins of like uh, ex-rental blockbuster yeah. DVDs. Session nine. It was like, yeah, let's move session nine out of the way and then wow. see what else is in there. And there'd be like 20 copies of the thing in there. And, and in your mind, you just think, oh yeah, it's got to suck because there's so many copies. Of course. And, you know, it, it, it's got to stink. This has got to be terrible. Yeah. And then over the years, so many people have gone, no, you need to see it. You need to see it. And when you guys were talking about it the other day, um, I've had, weirdly enough, I've actually um, ordered, I just ordered the DVD nice. like, from, from uh, eBay. So yeah, I'm going to have this soon in my oh, house. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I will tell you... Um, I think in this, you know, we don't have to save this for the proper episode, but uh, I think the reason why it didn't do very well is because David Caruso is in it and people are like, oh, David, he was still, he was starting to get lukewarm at this point with his career, and, but but still he was quote unquote starring in it. And so uh, I think people were like, oh, it's a David Caruso movie. Well, he's not technically the star. It's an ensemble film. And I think people were like, oh, this is not what I expected. And there's a great, backstory behind it so um i can't wait 
to for both of you to see it. I hope you like it. I don't want to overhype it because what you might like it, too you late. might not. Too just late. Irony over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say it, go. it is a it is a personal favorite of mine for many reasons, which I will get into on the proper episode of Pad. Uh, and it just coincidentally coincided with watching Halloween Kills that night. So, uh, oh. <laughs> well, <but God>. <laughs> well, let's uh, bef- before we get into Halloween Kills, just before we do, let's do our, our traditional monthly uh, talk about what uh, what everyone listened to this month, um, starting with uh, and uh, this is within the last 30 days, essentially. Uh, number five, the Wraith. <laughs> that that did so so good numbers for us. That was such a fantastic episode and so much fun. Uh, number four was uh, TV Obscura, The Hitchhiker, Tales from the Dark Side, and Monsters. That episode of TV Obscura also did really really well. Everyone seemed to really like that one. And uh, good job, Diallo. Always always yeah. love doing TV Great Obscura job. with with you guys. Um, number three, One Dark Night. Ah, one great movie, more like. <laughs> Love that movie. Uh, David, now that I have you on, I know that you yeah. mentioned that. Was Did you mention that one? When when in our past conversations did you oh, bring that one it up? Was a, it was early days, I think. I have yep. no idea what the conversation was, but part of the conversation was me telling you, you need to see One Dark Night because the corpse is stinking it. Yeah, I remember that being a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, they stink, but it makes so much sense. Like, you see The Walking Dead, and no one's ever going, "Oh my god, they stink!" Because they would stink. They would yeah. always stink so much, so bad. And in this, when the when the coffin comes out of the the the, the little tomb on the wall, and the girls' faces they just recoil. It's like, oh yeah, that that would you you forget that would be a factor to it because you're so used to seeing people not react to the fact that they stink. Right. Yeah. And, and and it's perfect in this. They stink. It's gross. It makes it, it so it makes it so much more worse. Uh, and it helps a PG film be repulsive and, by just having that shot. And I love like what they did with it. Like, and I said it on the review. Like, I, you can tell that they that the, that the zombies are not. They're not zombies. They're just animated corpses. corpses. No different yeah. than if he was like moving chairs around, which is mm. such a cool concept in itself. And then you watch it, and you can tell that they're like they're on dollies. But the fact that the director does such a great job of like showing their no feet kind of floating mm. and yeah. just barely dragging, you buy it completely, and totally. you're like, yeah, I totally, totally. get this. And then. Death by a pile of dead weight zombies. Like what a horrible fucking way to go. That's almost worse than than being eaten to death because you just you kind of suffocate on the smell and the the, the, the taste and everything. It's it's what a great movie. What there there awesome was a movie. there was a dude uh, when I, I flew to Hawaii once and there was a dude on the so it's like five hour flight, almost six hours. Dude on the flight over who smelled like rotten beef and he had and he was a mouth breather and so Ugh. his and his breath smelled like. His body smelled like rotten beef. His breath smelled like cigarettes. So you put those combinations together and, and for the entire plane ride. And I thought I was going to vomit, not from the air sickness, but from his stench. And so I watched One Dark Night and I'm like, yeah, I can relate. I can relate. And by the way, never done before or since. They, I don't think I've ever, I haven't seen a movie before or since that has used the same trope with the, no. uh, you know, the, 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 the psychic corpses, basically. I mean, at this point, like, 
I almost think like I guarantee you someone's over like an X-Men or something like writing a story about this, like because it, it felt so much like Professor X, like if per- Professor X like was evil and then he died. It was such an interesting, Get interesting it, concept. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just nothing else. Nothing else exists like it out there. And it's not a zombie movie, which is what's really no. fucking cool. Supernatural. Um, Super. Yeah, supernatural. It's, it's very unique. Is that there is nothing else like it. And I think that's nope. why it stands out so much. Yeah. I really do. I think it's and it's, P, and it's another one, another PG in in, in the states and uh, over here, eighteen rated, like the rape. Yeah, I think over here it was just they they were like, oh, it's not as gory as all these other movies that are sort of came out at the time. But you watch it now and you're like, damn, that's that's a it's pretty intense. It's I'm not, not gonna lie, it's not PG, guys. Yeah, it's don't not. don't show your kids. No, no, it's it's definitely not. It, it scares the shit and out of our, them. <laughs> and our number two, our number two most downloaded episode is definitely not PG as well, and that's John Carpenter's The Thing, always making an appearance in our top five, <laughs> always. Jesus. Uh, and, and then number one is David Cronenberg's Shivers. So you guys oh, all enjoyed that one. I enjoyed so that good. episode. That was a lot of fun. So good. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So. Guys and gals, use this point right now to tap out if you you have not watched Halloween Kills. And before you tap out, make sure you go check out David Iron's Instagram page. Uh, We'll have a bunch of, you know, stuff for Seven Winners Alone coming out. We'll obviously... Keep checking the Instagram. Keep listening to the show. You'll you'll hear it. You'll see the the links and everything. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be friggin' awesome. So. Halloween kills guys and gals full fucking spoilers moving forward for, for the rest of this episode, we are going to get into Halloween kills. And I'm going to say right off the top of the bat, at least there was practical, practical deaths and practical like violence, unlike malignant where every single iota of violence was cgi and yet malignant was like oh we're trying to be like an homage to the italian horror well then do fucking practical effects so like no matter editor. what any like the editor, <laughs> like the editor. <laughs> so i want to just start start at the very top of the conversation and say uh there's there's a lot that i didn't like about it but what i absolutely loved and what i think they got right was that michael myers was fucking brutal Every kill I fucking loved and they were all practical. And I just, I loved everything to do with Michael Myers. And I didn't like really anything to do with um, Evil Dies Tonight. So, <laughs> oh God. Uh, uh, David, give us a, give yes. us a, try to give us a, you listen, all three of us give like sort of a yeah. real quick overall thoughts and then we'll dig in deeper essentially. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, I have to say, I, I loved it. I know I loved you did. It. I loved it. And I loved it for this reason. This was the best sequel since Halloween 5. Oh. And that's how you have to look at it. I like Halloween 5 because for a long time, Halloween 5 was the only sequel we had until we got Halloween 6. And then Halloween 6 was where the plane dive really started to go down. Is five Halloween was... 5 the one with uh, Brother Kane? That's 6. That's 6. That's 6? That's six. Oh, okay. Six. I love yeah. that song. The, so- the song's good, but the song's film. great. <laughs> the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least it's got a good it song. It happened. It's got a good song. Yeah, it's got a good song. Yeah. Um, six was the one with the comedy cops. Do you remember that classic yeah. scene? Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I liked one to five. I liked one to five. And, and there was still that element in five of what 
John Carpenter's Halloween was. Mm-hmm. There was cinematography that was there. The soundtrack was there. The suspense was there. And then when it went to six, and then you went when when you got Halloween H two O, which was Scream Halloween. Yeah. essentially it was a screen film with yeah. halloween skin on it and then you had resurrection and then you had the rob zombies and i wasn't the, the hey. best <laughs> that's another conversation you and i can't even go into that now who's excited for the monsters oh jesus christ but that but that halloween five felt for me for a very very long time like the last true Halloween sequence. There were still things from the John Carpenter film that were there, but there was the new bullshit that was added to it, like the comedy cops and all that, but then it went full bullshit after that. But I I liked Five. I like Five. I can can live with that. People give it hate. I can live with it. And 2018... Yeah, I was. It was okay. It made so many fuck ups by not including Halloween two. Like Halloween two should have been included. It should have been the brother sister thing. Some of those sequels should have happened because there's no real backstory to Michael Myers. He killed three people in 1978, and now 40 years later, oh my god, he's back again. What yeah, should have kept. Done? He's done. Yeah, he should have kept. He's great. Uh, with two, at least with two, he's killed sixteen people. <laughs> yeah, that night, and with it continues the storyline. It continues the story. A storyline. They're brother and sister. Fuck yes. it. They're brother and sister. Just keep it. It's a yeah, Corey, connection. He's Corey doesn't back comment together. on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, 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 <laughs> it's good. No, I, I love Halloween too. The, the movie that no one wanted to make. I love it. We're talking about your Halloween too. Maybe in a little bit, but. Just watch the first 15 minutes of Halloween 2. I will say the first 15 minutes of Zombies Halloween 2 are good because it it is it is the sequel. It is Halloween 2 proper in those first 15 minutes and then it's over. This thing in times because he hit a cow. Is this does that do we include that, Zach? Is that what we should watch in the first 15 minutes? Are you sure? Do we include that? The guy going, fuck, fuck, fuck. You forgot. You forgot about that. I did. I blocked it out of my mind. Just like walking into my parents having sex, I blocked it out of my mind. Well, all right. So, so David loved Halloween Kills. I'm going to try to tighten this up. David loved, I loved Halloween right. Kills. I loved Halloween Kills. It felt like it had enough silliness in there to be a Halloween sequel after Halloween Five, and that's what I liked about it. it was it, you see all these like films that try to be good bad films. This thing, Jamie Lee Curtis was like, this is a prestige picture. This is a masterpiece. This is going to talk about all the relevant things in our times, like the Trump administration and Black Lives yeah. Matter. No, it fucking wasn't. No. It was about Michael Myers popping someone's eyeballs out. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's and that's all I wanted. That and that's all that's all and that's yeah. all I want. That's all I want. Yeah, that's uh, all I want. Yes. Yeah. Zach, what were, what were your thoughts uh, overall? And I want to just I just want to get the barometer of where yeah, we all oh, stand. Sorry. I went off on one then. I went off. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. All right. And I interjected a lot too, uh, fair, so f- feel free to interject. Um, okay, love and spoiler, 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 warning, this, warning, warning. Yes, this whole thing um, is spoiled. <laughs> I loved seeing the the Loomis impersonator. That was yes. cool. Donald oh, Pleasance impersonator. Love that. Um, I loved the practical effects. I did love that. I will agree with David. This is the best Halloween movie since... Um, uh, no, I will say I liked it 2018 personally. So I'll okay. do five 2018. No, I'll put 2018 before five personally, mm. but, um, yeah. but definitely this, this is way better than resurrected and six for sure. 
Um, and those other two. Oh yeah. The monsters. So excited about the monsters now. Um, <laughs> and I, I have a problem with like almost every single death didn't die. They like sat there and everything like it got old for me that, that the people would die and like lay there while their blood was coming out and they're just like still struggling, struggling, struggling. Like everybody was holding, holding on for that last breath. It wasn't just dead. Um, I did not dig, um, uh, oh gosh, Josh Groban looking motherfucker, teenage boy. Uh, I was not into the boyfriend who got his head slammed oh. repeatedly over and over again. Cause I never cared about that guy. I, I yeah. think I uh, offline, I messaged the, the boys and I said, I didn't care about anybody in this movie at all. I just, I didn't. I uh, barely even cared about uh, Laurie Strode and I love Jamie Lee Curtis and love Laurie Strode. I just wasn't invested in anybody. Um, maybe her granddaughter. Cause she was pretty cool. Like she seemed to be working her ass off acting wise. Uh, I felt like everybody was doing their best. Um, I like the cameos. The cameos are cool. And uh, the nods back. I didn't like that. They didn't connect it to part two. Uh, I wish they would have the original part two <laughs> because it's so yeah, badass. one yeah. ends his, the, where he's on the grass is gone. And then suddenly he is going, tracking down Lori in the hospital. It's brilliant. In my opinion, this one, he's at the house, all the cops are surrounding him. Like they reinvented the, the ending of the first one, basically, which was lame. I'm like, well, what are you, wait, what are you doing? What's going on here? Danny McBride wrote this quote unquote, the dialogue just fell flat. It just felt like it was ham fisted. Uh, like, like David was saying about Jamie Lee Curtis saying this had all these political messages in it, I guess, but that made me hate how I do with the evil dies tonight, you know, with like, were they supposed to be Trumpers? Cause they're, they're, they're rallying against everybody, but at the same time, they're not really. Cause the the thing is, if they are supposed to be Trumpers, then you're completely behind them because fuck Mark and Myers. Yeah, I know. So. (laughs) It was it was really idiotic if you think about it because it's like wait you're doing you're making us hate all the people they 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 this this crazy guy that escaped from the loony bin they spent so much time on his character I hated that Frankenstein it works if it's Frankenstein's monster it works because you have sympathy for Frankenstein's but you didn't it's like you felt like he's he's, you know Frankenstein's monster is a poor creature and when the villagers come for him with pitchforks and torches you feel sorry for him when you got those guys coming up to fucking Michael Myers and he's like stamping on people's faces in the last movie and popping people's eyeballs out fucking kill him yeah I'm I'm there with you give me a pitchfork let's go and get Michael Myers yeah it's fine you can't comment you can't use that as a political comment oh yeah you shouldn't have mobs when the thing when the mob are after is literally the thing that's going to tear your face off and, yeah. and it, I think, it doesn't make sense and and you know like i have completely disconnected from social media i say that as i run the pad one but i don't like kind of follow celebrity stuff so i didn't listen to anything immediately it, so i didn't view it under that lens and it like just shut up and let a movie just exist on its own and let people get their own interpretations out of it before you sort of cloud their interpretations before the movie even comes out. Because I'm watching it and I'm like, yeah, I mean, the whole thing of them going after the the, the other guy, I fucking hated that. I understood what they were trying to say. I get yeah. it that that's the human mentality. I understand that it's wrong, but I learned that in Frankenstein. They don't need <laughs> Halloween Kills to kind of retell me that a mob mentality isn't good. Because and that, was this point, that was Frankenstein. That was Frankenstein, not some random dude yeah, that you don't care about. <laughs> a random dude who had the most nose hair coming out of his nose oh. that I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but all the things Corey would notice about that guy. 
a disgusting just i mean you know that actor he's an actor but you know i'll say this the only thing good to come out of that the only thing good to come out of that is his head pop was pretty fucking good oh that was great laying there but other than that that entire that entire subplot should have been fucking jettisoned from the get-go from the script they should have been like no 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 and literally they should have just made it a point a to point b he's walking from the fire back to his house and it's just shit happens from point a to point b and they're trying to stop him but at the end of the day guys and gals you know where the fuck he's going he's going home everyone and everyone knows what the michael myers house was they should have just waited there you know what i mean but I'm going to reel it back because I think we all agree that we fucking hate everything about the, the evil dies tonight thing. I think one thing they got absolutely fantastic was Michael Myers himself. That yeah, was for perfect. me, yeah, for me, cool. and let me just put it out there. You guys all know I'm not a big Michael Myers guy growing up. I was always a Jason guy and never watched. To me, it's it's Halloween one. It's Halloween three are the only two fucking Halloween movies I truly care about. And the only ones that I've seen multiple, multiple times um, for me. Honestly, though, the part where he gets demasked and, you know, there's never a good shot of his face, but I thought so many i love the demasking thing for so many reasons one it's fucking cool that he's just a guy with male pattern baldness underneath he's not some scarred monster Peter yeah he's Weller. got a fu- he's got a fucked up eye obviously but but he's yeah you know yeah exactly he's not like a he's not a monstrosity which is kind of cool like he's a normal looking dude and then just the the brief moments that we got to see him behave as michael myers without the mask that was cool because i feel like Every time you ever saw Jason get demasked, that's always the climax. And this was obviously the climax of the film too. But for some reason, Jason always acts different when he become when he when he gets his mask off. At this point, things become more frantic and everything. I liked that once Michael Myers had his mask off, he wanted it back, obviously, but he still walked the same. He still behaved the same. And I thought that was really fucking cool. And everything about Michael Myers in this movie, I thought was awesome. The thing with, I think you bring up a good point about Jason because if you think of every one of those Jason films, like part three and part seven, where you actually get the, the climax and, and the mask pops off, it's almost like with the character and four as well. Haha, you can see my evil fucking face now. Four, he smiles, doesn't he? They knock the mask yeah. off and he's got yeah. the grin. Three, he, when, when he's hung and he lifts the mask yeah. off, he smiles at the girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone is kind of like, Ah, now this is going to be even worse because now you can see my fucking face. And and, and it's almost with, with Michael Myers, it's mm. almost like his human face underneath is just as much of a mask mm. as his fucking mask is because mm. neither of them are, fi- are are who he is because he's yeah. just pure evil. I, I, I kind of like the whole thing where, and the, some of the dialogue, you're right. That, that I, I like this. I think this is like a camp classic. I think this is going to go down over time. And people look especially with all the talk around it, where it was like a prestige picture and it's turned out to be, the, it's just another Michael Myers sequel. Yeah. And I think people are going to look back on this in a very different way over time. Uh, the people who hate this, it's going to be, I think it's going to turn into something else over time. Like a lot of these sequels have over time, you know, Resurrection is the only one that really gets hammered into the ground and the Rob Zombie ones get really hammered into the ground. But even the worst of the sequels before, People look back with reverence to them. And I think that's what's going to happen with this. And I like that element of, like, they do get the character down perfectly, Michael Myers. 
And it's just that simple weirdness of he wants to go home and stand in a window and look out. That's all he wants. That's, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. There's a man who will go through anything to just stand and look out of a window. And I don't know where the next one's going. That, that I think they potentially could tie that in somehow to he could see, I don't know, Sam Hain or the boogeyman or that he there was something out on that window that turned him into what he is now. Um, I think there's something interesting that could be done with that. And I thought we were going to see something in this one. There was something out of that window he was looking at. If they don't ever say what it is, I'm fine with that. That's the rumour. That's rumor the rumour. Yeah. What's, what's, the, the other what's two that they're going to explain it, kind of get into it? Or that, yeah, that he and Laurie, Laurie's tapped into, hasn't tapped into something yet that she has the power. And this is going to be like a part seven of Friday 13th, you know, deals, whatever. Do, do, do you want to, uh, how about it? Imagine this. Imagine the big climax at the end of the next Halloween, Halloween ends. Imagine this is the big twist. Jamie Lee turns around and says, I've never told anyone. He's my brother. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Imagine they say, you just want to go and shoot yourself. You're like, that, whoever wrote the script needs to go and shoot themselves. Because well, if they fucking try and do that as a twist and they've eradicated all those sequels to use this as a twist, I, I can see, like, I, I think all bets are off now. I think after trying to sell this fucking thing as a prestige picture yeah. and men and, and guys' eyeballs again popped out, I think anything's on the table for this next one. I, I think agree. Anything- I agree. I think that, I think, you know, um, you know, like Corey was saying with, uh, with that, that, with the, they could have just axed the, uh, or sliced the whole angle with the, the mental patient. Um, and, and I feel like they, they, uh, abuse the slow-mo battling you know they he did it mm-hmm. with the firefighters in slow-mo and yeah. then he does it again in that style quote-unquote stylized staged battle at the end when he's killing everybody one so i'm imagining everyone standing around in a circle like an 8-bit video game where like one person like double dragon one person comes up at a time to attack michael you okay you get him okay you get him and yeah. kills one by one it was so like an old uh, adam west batman Episode. yeah everyone, it, everyone just standing around moving left and right like giving it fisticuffs like yeah okay i'm going in boys and the rest everyone else is just standing there and watching the firefighters man like why are you all just standing around going one at a time until the last guy with the fucking buzzsaw and of course that gets <laughs> turned against him i'm like just run dude like and or just come in while he's fighting somebody else like you're fucking fuck? firefighters like i firefighters are badasses but they're not the Navy SEALs. Like, why uh, suddenly are they turning into like, yeah, we're going to take him down. They're not murderers. That shot, that, shot, that shot when he's just standing there on the porch and you got that shot with the camera zoomed in on the firefighter's mask and you saw Michael Myers in the reflection. Then he starts up the buzzsaw. I was like, what the? Like, when in the history of the world has a firefighter watch someone walk from a fire and gone, fuck it. Well, the bus tour, let's go for it. Right? But, that's, like, okay. but that for me was like, okay, this is a kind of film I'm watching. I know what I'm watching right now. Understood. I get it. And, I and that's that. what I'm and that's what I, I loved. That. Like, I love that scene until they all didn't attack at once. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm like, I'm like, this is interesting. Like it's a lot of times in the movie, it does something that I'm like, oh, this is really fucking interesting. It's a cool shot. He fucking walks out of the fire. I am 100% on board. The fucking firefighters are getting ready to fight him because, of course, you see a man fucking walk out of the fire with the mask on. Yeah, let's get to work. 
And then they fight them one at a time. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, that was like stupid. But there was like this awesome beginning to that. You know, I was like, this is going to go somewhere. Um, ultimately, I think what I, what I do love about it and what I'm left with loving about it is that it's the most traditional slasher that I've seen in a really long time. Yeah. And because they, yeah, yeah. so many movies try to do so many confabulations. Again, going to go back to that piece of fucking shit malignant and it's like it's like oh no we're gonna we're a we're we're a slasher but then oh but we're also a little supernatural but oh we're also john wick fuck you fuck you be something different don't be a hodgepodge potpourri of every fucking keyword that exists right now be a slasher made in the year 2021 and that's the one thing i loved about halloween kills it was a fucking slasher film he didn't do crazy fucking kills he killed people with his knife and they and i saw things that were different like when he stabbed the one doctor in the eye it didn't go through his eye went under the eye and i'm like that's different that that's cool, cool. Mm-hmm. um you know i liked i loved when he kicked the door and spun that the the fucking <laughs> the gun mouse. around she shot herself <laughs> that, was, that was fucking cool yeah, everything right. was every kill was fucking cool when he kills big john with crushing his fucking head ripping out his eyeballs i was like that's fucking cool and i loved big john and little john loved both of them love that whole fucking yeah. Thing. Yeah. but like he was just a slasher exactly. just, <laughs> but i liked he was just a fucking slasher killer guy i loved that you know he didn't do crazy fucking kills he just killed people that were they just killed he just killed and i fucking loved that this it did feel like an eighty. It felt like you're in modern day watching an eighties Halloween sequel. Yeah. It felt like they'd actually captured the. You see all these kind of picked all these films and uh, movies where they say, right, this is going to be a throwback to a good bad eighties horror flick, and they and they make them so stupid. They're almost unwatchable. It's just they're brain dead. They're not a throwback to those films. They're just, you can't make a good film. So you're just going to make a really bad film and say you've meant to make a good bad film. This felt genuinely, I think because of everything they built it up to be about this, you know, this is a masterpiece. And watching it is like, no, this is just a genuinely earnest, heart on sleeve, good bad film. And I appreciate it for that. I think they try to make something with meaning and depth. You No, 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 no. You didn't do that. You just got the cave people's heads in on film. You did it very well. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it for that. And and they should have just said, this is a fucking down and dirty, nasty 80s slasher film. And head, we've got practical effects and people are going to get killed in it. And they, they should have just said that, but they didn't. They tried to make it sound like something it wasn't. So when you went in there with those expectations, and, and as it was on, unfo- I was sitting there with Roxy and this thing was unfolding on screen. And she was looking at me and she, she was like, you fucking love this, don't you? I was like, I love it. I'll, I just love everything. And it's like, I don't know how to feel. I don't know whether this is the worst thing I've ever seen or the best thing I've ever seen, but I love everything about it. Well, That's the so- worst. well zach how do you feel that the portrayal of michael myers himself compared to like what you love about the series and all that kind of stuff do you think they got michael myers right or 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 did they miss that as well i mean i agree i like the way he was presented in the movie but i also felt like they didn't really get figure out where they were going with this i felt like if you know because you basically hated everyone in that town um and 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 like first of all the 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 storyline with the the kid who was being bullied the night in Haddonfield by the the weird the three 
uh, teenagers mm-hmm. and the redheaded one who had a weird like hairline that yeah. they didn't explain. Mm-hmm. And then those three never showed up after that. I'm like, why didn't they show those kids again? What happened to them? You know? So basically this idea of like, I didn't like anybody. I would have preferred if they made Michael more of the protagonist in a way where he's killing all these people you want to see, like have them have t-shirts up everywhere and championing, championing him. And Lori's like, what are you doing guys? He's a maniac. He just gutted me. And here you are, you know, making this guy into a cult hero, which let's be honest, he is. I mean, the shit, they sell action figures now with Michael Myers and they've been doing that for years. So then you kill all those people and you're like, yeah, this is what happens when you follow cult leaders, a la Trump, you know, that would have worked better in my opinion. But Michael, as just a killing machine, I'm totally fine with, um, you know, and just to get back home, like getting out of my way, you know, kind of thing. I would have mm, preferred yeah. that he killed a couple firefighters and then just walked off, like, get out of my way, get out of my way. I'm going home. But if, like, if, everyone if that you came were going to block that scene with the firefighters and make it more realistic and, and maybe give it more suspense, was he walks out of the house and he just walks down through them and they're all standing there like, what the hell is this? And someone walks up to him and goes, hey, buddy, what the... And then, then, yeah, that's a, then that, he starts to stab him. Then everyone go. else jumps on. Then, they, then, they, they, then yeah. you get the crowd of people around and there's that instant panic of like, what the hell is going on? Then he kills them. It was, it was like I said, it was that shot. It was just that shot. That's what. That's when I knew what kind of film this was. When you saw the... Because it's all reliant on the fact that those firefighters knew that Michael Myers was a fucking lunatic who killed X amount of people, but they don't because all the sequels don't exist. You can have that moment where they say, oh my God, it's Michael Myers. He starts up the saw when you've got that legacy of Michael Myers, but yeah. because you've erased it, you can't have that. And I thought originally in the trailer that the whole thing with the mob was they were going after Laurie. I thought they were going to like, we're ending this tonight. They're going to get her. You know, because I she's like the that. thing that Michael Myers, I like that. That, that Michael Myers is after. But again, if you're going to have that story, like you need the sequels because exactly. there's no connection between them. And I think the biggest injustice these, this new trilogy of films has done to the story of Halloween and Michael Myers. I think it should have kept the sequels. I think you can keep the sequels up to like Halloween six. You could even said that. You can. That's fine. You can. You could probably even have H two O in there to to. Well, maybe because he got his head cut off. You could. You could have had the legacy of, and you could have just dropped hints of. Okay, he come back in eighty eight. He come back in eighty nine. He was there in ninety five, and now he's. You know, but we've caught him. Yeah. And he's. But you've got that legacy of this guy is known in this town as being a killer. Then people in this film. If you look at people's reactions in this film, it makes more sense knowing those other sequels exist exactly how people Agreed. act but, but you take those away and the way they act doesn't make sense it just nope. doesn't it does doesn't make because they're all talking like why would the three survivors of the original film be meeting up again the nurse was in a car that he smashed a window of and drove off oh it, you know that that ruined my life forever that that 15 seconds of my life the right. kids the kids saw michael myers tommy and Lindsay walk just appear at the door uh, you know he just appeared didn't he and then uh, Tommy was like, "Oh, the boogeyman's outside." They see him, then they run off. They they yeah. have no interaction with Michael Myers. No. If you if you acknowledge those sequels, it just gives it a, a, just a rich tapestry of history. Of this guy is a lunatic, and the people in this town know who he is. And I think that's the the one big problem that they've done with this. Yeah, and then the you could have put and then you could have put the Brother Kane song in there, and it would have been so much better. And you could have got Paul Rudd there to be yeah. Tommy Doyle. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, and yeah. can we just talk about really quick for the. Uh, 
uh, that Anthony Michael Hall did nothing for me. Like I, yeah. I was like, dude, I just did nothing for me. Did you know? So I thought there was. Um, I thought I, th- th- this is the thing. I had so many weird thoughts going through my mind watching this, and and you know the guy behind the bar in uh, yeah. the beginning. Uh, wait, wait. Do you mean? But the so voice. One the- of my one of my notes on here is of the things I don't like is the bartender because I couldn't fucking understand a single huh. word I, he said. I, I was Agreed. wondering, yeah, that guy when he's like, Michael Myers, Michael Myers is outside, and he got a baseball bat for Michael Myers. And when that guy was talking with Anthony Michael Hall, there, I was like, is this a fucking reference to Weird Science when he's with that guy and he's like, drink it. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Is this a Weird Science reference? I'm not sure. This this is how I felt through the whole film. It's like I'm not sure what's going on right now, but I kind of like it. Well, no, you like what's happening. You you wrote in your mind. You wrote a better movie. You described a better movie uh, in your mind. You know, you being not blowing smoke up your ass like what no, you no, described no. in five minutes was insurmountably better than what i watched for an hour and 45 so uh <laughs> just saying go buy seven winters alone and not halloween kills <clears throat> yeah yeah i'll take uh, that i'll take that yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well i we we got to make uh got to keep time for doing our our uh, watch list because we're going to go right into re- recording a special watch list pretty soon but uh, at the end of the day, um, I'll just say I enjoyed my time with Halloween Kills. Um, I don't know how many times I'm in the future going to watch Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, maybe dependent on how Halloween ends ends maybe i'll be more inclined i'll probably always just go back and just rewatch, you know the first one but there was a lot in halloween kills that i did enjoy and uh, i think it was a fun film and if anything i would what? say people people <laughs> support it for its practical kills that's what i would say mm. it's non-cgi kills that's where i'm coming from zach Oh, Zach. You need to watch I, Halloween 2 again. You should watch the, the original Halloween 2. I just watched Halloween 2 like eight months ago. That movie fucking yeah, sucks. What, how, no well, one wanted to make to that fucking movie, up. and I, you can tell. So we I'm moving on from Halloween up. 2, we guys. Need, <laughs> we need to clear this up. What Halloween 2 do you prefer? I'll take fucking Rob's. I'll take Rob Zombie's Halloween two over the over canonical or non canonical because a hey everyone who made fucking Rob Zombie's one actually wanted to fucking make that movie what? and B, hey, I felt like Rob he was Zombie didn't want to make the fucking thing. I know <laughs> he wanted that he was didn't want to make it. he didn't want to make it. He oh said, well then it's a choice between me and someone else. I'll do it. I'll do it. There you go. Just... Well then you know what? Maybe there is no good Halloween two out there oh, at all. <laughs> Maybe and, that's it. And I, I'm just behind the scenes everybody because you know a few episodes back i was uh railing on people who shit on shit on stuff that you love and like i said you know if you like it you like it and i said but if it's rob zombie (laughs) i know (laughs) i know i've been getting shit from both of these guys for about two weeks (laughs) now and i keep pushing back i'm like what happened to the whole like just don't let anyone tell you what you like and zach's always like asterisks unless it's rob zombies halloween and i'm like God damn it! <laughs> I just couldn't believe what you typed, Corey. Because what was that? Did he just like mistype this? So it's like, oh yeah, I, I was like, I can live with Halloween one to five, and like you know, a couple of the others. H two O is okay, and you were like, yeah, one three, and Rob Zombie's Halloween two, and he just blew my fucking mind. It's like, well, hang on, no, no one's ever come up with that combination of Halloween movies <laughs> ever. Well, like, and I, and what he, is going on right now? Rob, Rob leaves a bad taste in my mouth because his dick tastes. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> but no, but I, he he was at a screening. He did a screening at Fangor for um 
House of a Thousand Corpses, I think it was. And my brother and I were at it, Eric. And, and he was so unenthused to be there and could give two shits. Granted, who knows what was going on in his personal life, but he put on zero charm to present this movie to everybody and said, you know, I hope you go and see it again and pay money to go uh, uh, and when it comes out in the theaters. And I'm just like, dude, I, you, you're, you may think you're cool, but you're not that cool. Like, you're, I'm sorry. You know, it, it's like. Did you hear, did you hear about the, the, the Skype park thing during COVID when no. we had the lockdown? Didn't you? <laughs> Rob Zombie. Wherever Rob Zombie lives next to his house, he's got, uh, there's like a, a, a park and a skate park in the middle of the park. And Rob Zombie was um, making complaints about those damn kids on my skateboards. I can hear them in my house. It's yeah. so like, Rob he's too, Zombie, you're he's too busy Zombie. casting monsters. Yeah, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can. I, I just know. I just because it's R rated, isn't it? Monsters thing. It's R rated. It? Yeah, it's R rated. Yeah, and you know what it's gonna be. You can just see it, can't you? you can just see Grandpa walking in. Just Herman, get down in that basement. We got a bitch tied up down there. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, no, Grandpa. No, no thanks. And Sherry Moon. <laughs> Zach, Zach, would you recommend anyone spend an hour and forty-five minutes with Halloween Kills? No. No. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Great. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I think if you like Halloween, if you're a Halloween fan, you're going to like Halloween Kills because it gives you lots of things the other sequels have been missing. Yeah. And that's why I love it. That's why I love it. <laughs> yeah, but it's about come, resurrection. Look, look what we've had since six. Six was the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can really fuck this up. H2O, which was Screamer Wing. Resurrection, terrible. Rob Zombie, first one, terrible. Uh, Rob Zombie 2, sorry, Corey, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Um, and then 2018 was like, oh, okay. And this one, it feels like a campy sequel to a Halloween film. And we've had, we've had like so many of them now. It feels like a genuine campy sequel to a Halloween film. I'm okay, like, I tell you I what. I love it personally for them. I tell you what, I, I will go say on, if you if you piggyback this with the if you watch the the worst Halloween movie of all time, in your opinion, whatever that may be, and, and then you watch too. this, and then yeah. you watch this. <laughs> Uh, you might enjoy it. So there you yeah. go. Uh, but, but I watched session nine. I watched session nine and then I watched this and it was like watching actors work their asses off and, and just fucking create magic on screen. And then to this where I'm just like the most appealing person was uh, a Beverly Hills housewife. Uh, yeah, she was. She was, she was, she was I, good. I, she was really yeah, good. She, she was, was she was honestly, she was one of my favorite parts and of I'm, the movie. I like Kylie Richards. Lived. I'm yeah, me too. Did. Yeah, and, I, did. and yeah. I hope they bring Loomis back. I hope because they're reinventing everything. Loomis hasn't died in their universe, so he could. No, he has. They said in 2018 he died of cancer. Oh, okay. But at least well, maybe they do the other grave. flashbacks. You need him back in there. Oh, if they could just do it, Michael, I have returned, Michael. Michael, or just or maybe they they can use him as like a if you ever do Michael's point of view, maybe he just sees Loomis everywhere haunting him. Wouldn't that be That'd something? Be if, if Loomis great. if Loomis haunted Michael Myers for the rest of Michael Myers' <laughs> because, life, because you know? Loomis diddled him when in in the psych ward, <laughs> and he's there like, hey. Hey, hey, imagine this, imagine this. My, Michael's been looking out the window, wait, waiting to get home to look out the window. 
and then you get Michael's POV, POV through the mask, the two the two eye holes, and out the window you just see Loomis's head going, "Get out now! Get out now! Get out now!" <laughs> and he's just now, and he's just like going slowly insane. I never knew why they used that take in Halloween too. It was that quick shot of they cut to Loomis, and he's like, "Get out now!" At the end, what? Like, why did they have that shot in there? That was like the worst take they could have ever used of, of Loomis. I just don't get what uh, that was. I have no idea. There you go. There you go. There you go. Who who knows? All right, guys and gals, this was a special Halloween episode of Wrap Up After Dark. Everyone, go check out Seven Winters Alone. It'll be out. If it's not out right now, it'll be out soon. Go check out David's uh, Instagram page. Make sure you're following him for all kinds of fun, fun uh things what am, what do you do on Instagram? like what does fun anyone do things. on instagram for a lot of fun posts like, come, come like, on instagram and check out my fun, fun exactly <laughs> <laughs> i'll have uh, i'll have links i'll have links to everything in the show notes uh zach uh, you go check out two dollar late fee you guys are always having a good time over there hey i was on the uh the what does dustin know this month it was it's what did uh what does Dustin? Justin and Corey know. Spoiler alert, not much. <laughs> but it's a good one. And uh, so check those out. Check out $2 Lay Fee. Check out David Irons and check out all the fun we're having over here podcasting after dark. I think Zach, is, uh, his computer's crashed or something. So I hope this is actually getting all of it on his end. Zach, are you oh, getting no, yeah, There we go. I'm, I, yeah. Okay. It, I hope uh, it was still recording. It is. It's on separate tracks. So I'm hoping that um, it all gets worked out. But if we'll, we'll see what happens. There, yep, some... We'll figure it out. So, all Top right, guys and gals, we're we're gonna go record a, a, a wrap um, a watch list. So, thank you all for checking us out. And uh, if you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon. And as always, we'll catch you, Michael, on the dark side. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Zach Schaefer.